This is Mitchell McLam, lead pastor of Sapona Road Church in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We're so excited you found our podcast. Our prayer is that you're blessed by today's message. If you would like more information about Sapona Road Church or would like to give to this ministry, please visit our website at saponaroadchurch.com. We hope you have a great day and enjoy today's message. actually a passage of scripture that if I'm not mistaken um, I hesitated to discuss it today because I'm pretty sure that in our thanks and giving series uh, that we had a conversation in last year around this time I'm pretty sure that we talked about this passage of scripture we talked about the story if not I did it in my dreams and I'm imagining things and that's okay too Um, then I'm the only one that knows it not you but I'm pretty sure we discussed this but I want to revisit it because It's so powerful. You go to Luke chapter 17. We're just flipping over. We're skipping uh, 16 from where we were last week in 15. We're skipping 16, moving to 17. Starting in verse 11. Last week we talked about the contentment of God's blessings, being content in his blessings. Today I want to talk about the thankfulness in God's blessings. And then next week I'll follow it up with generosity in God's blessings. As we're walking into the season of giving and where we're going to give and give and maybe receive, but I prefer to give um, to the people around us that we love. I want us to look at this, but today the the thought that came to me, and it's just an interesting little, a very simple thought, but thanks is a testimony. Thanks is a testimony. And I want us to look at this and and kind of dive into this just a little bit and understand that your thanks is a testimony to three different individuals. It's a testimony, first of all, to you. It's a testimony to God. And it's a testimony to the people around us. So the simple testimony of our life, the, the, the thing that could be so simple, what could really change somebody's day and change somebody's world is your thank you. Right? We don't understand the power that are within our words, but the thought for me is thanks is a testimony in our life. You don't have to stand up and make, stand up here and act crazy and like I've done this morning, but preach a sermon and try to deliver the gospel to win somebody to Christ or to change somebody's world. It could simply be a thank you that makes a world of difference in their life. Now, I do hope that you're polite enough, and I hope that you have enough uh, people skills that when somebody does something for you, you thank them. I'm not talking about telling somebody thank you. That should be an understood. If you love Jesus, you need to be polite enough to tell people thank you. Even when it's not what you wanted and even when it's not like you wanted, there should still be something inside of you that says that person has a soul and they need some kind of uplifting and I'm just going to say thank you. That's not what I'm talking about today. I'm talking about being thankful for the blessings of God on your life. Last week, we talked about the contentment and being content with the blessings, understanding that we don't need God to continue to pour out stuff on our life. We don't have to be jealous of the one son that went out and blew it all and then come back wanting a a party and, and the father gave him a party. We don't have to be jealous of that. We can be content with what we have, but to be more specific, we can be thankful for what God's done for us, right? So here in Luke chapter 11, we've got a story I'll just read this to you. We're starting, I'm sorry, chapter 17, verse 11. It says, And now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. 
Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down at his, on his face at his feet, meaning Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Jesus is passing along, and ten guys show up who are sick. They're the outcasts. They're the, they're the unclean, the dirty, the ones that need a miracle in their life. They need something to change. They need something to take place. And somehow, just at the sight of Jesus, they realize who this is. And Jesus, being a Jew and this Samaritan, they, they were obviously from drastic different backgrounds, right? They were from very different places, very different people. They look different. They talk different. They act different. What's interesting to me, I don't know, and just kind of drop down, I'd love to know really if this one was the one that actually called out to Jesus or if he was just the ripple effect of the ones that knew of Jesus and he was the one that was healed. Because as a Samaritan, he really should not have had contact with Jesus, right? So I can't help but think that there might have been somebody in the crowd that said, hey, I've heard about this guy. I've heard about this man named Jesus. He's one of my people, and I don't really have a clue how he does it. I don't know what takes place, but if we call out to him, he can make us well again. And I think this Samaritan, this is just mean. This is not Scripture. We'll have to find it. I don't know that we will find it. But I, I believe that the Lord just kind of gave me an insight that, that this Samaritan really isn't even the one that probably called out. He was the one that was in the ripple effect in the healing of the ones that knew Jesus in the first place. The Samaritans should have had nothing to do with Jesus. You with me? And when they're afar off, when they're way off in the distance, they see Jesus, they cry out, Hey, Jesus, Master, help us, make us well. And he doesn't, doesn't call them to him. Do you notice that? He doesn't say, Bring your burdens to an altar, lay them down at my feet, and you'll be made well. He said, Go. He said, Go show the priests. The priest had no capability whatsoever of healing them. The priest had no authority whatsoever to bring them healing, to cleanse them. And in fact, for them to show up at the place where, where the priest would be would be a, a thing against society. They're not supposed to show up dirty. They're not supposed to show up unclean where everybody else. They're supposed to stay out. They're supposed to be the outcast. But Jesus said, no, you go show the priests. He gave them a command. He gave them a directive. He gave them an action. The question kind of is, here they are begging Jesus like you and I beg Jesus sometimes for some things. And rather than getting this long explanation of how God's going to take care of our situation, or rather than God just saying, it's done, sometimes his response to us is an action. Right? Sometimes it's not. It's almost like he ignored the conversation. They said, Jesus, Master, we need healing. He said, yeah, go show yourself to the priest. Almost like he didn't even respond to their need. Right? You ever feel like Jesus doesn't respond to your need? 
But it was in their response to his command that they received their healing. It wasn't in his direct, authoritative, divine nature of God to say, boom, you're all healed right here. You see that I've done it. You could, it had nothing to do with that. They said, Jesus, Master, we need you. We need a healing. He said, go show yourself to the priests. Almost like that conversation went in one ear and out the other. But it says, as they went, they were healed. Which tells me that our healing sometimes comes in our obedience. Right? We want to walk up to God like we could walk up to that Keurig and push a button and get this beautiful cup of coffee out when realistically that's not the way it works. We walk out this life day in and day out, walking in faithfulness, walking in obedience, and through the faithfulness and obedience, our healing comes. He's given us all the direction. He's given us all the order. He speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through, through, through really the divine nature of God. If you be quiet and you listen, God will drop something in your heart. So he's given us those moments. So the question is, do we walk in obedience to receive the healing? And that has nothing to do with the sermon today. So they're healed and they take off. As they're going, they're healed. And this one guy who should have had nothing to do with Jesus turns around and runs back to Jesus and falls at his feet. This is a guy that should have stayed away from Jesus. He's the Samaritan. He should have had nothing to do with Jesus. Society was at a place where there was division. But yet the Bible says that he ran back to Jesus. And he fell on his face at his feet. And the point that I made to you when I preached this the last go-round, if you were here, I said that the heart of gratitude brings us to Jesus' feet. Because Jesus said, where's the other nine? There were ten of you, and I know for a fact all ten of you were healed. When you went, you were healed. When you, when you decided to make a, a, an action, when you decided to take a step and follow my command, you received your healing. And you, the foreigner, the one that should have had nothing to do with me, you're the one that showed back up at my feet. They stood afar off when they had a problem. They stood afar off when they, they were at a distance. They said from afar they cried out to Jesus. But the heart of gratitude told, um, turn, totally turned this guy around. The other nine have left, but a heart of gratitude bought, brought him back to the feet of Jesus. That was the point that I made then. So here's the, the thought. Your thanks is a testimony to God. Well, God doesn't need my praise. This is true. I've been some places and done some things, and there are plenty of rocks that God has created to worship if I don't. Right? He created me with the idea of communion with him in mind. He created me with the idea of fellowship with him in mind. How, how do you know that? Well, he put Adam and Eve in this perfect place. He walked with them daily. The Bible says that Adam, Adam walked in the cool of the day with the Lord. They were created, they were put on earth to have fellowship with God. 
So he doesn't need my praise because even if I don't praise, the rocks are going to cry out in my place, right? But Jesus said, where are the other nine? He missed them. He missed the nine. The one showed back up. The one came running back to Jesus, fell at his feet, and began to worship the Lord. He began to give him praise. It says he gave him thanks. And Jesus, being the dude he was, I'm sure he appreciated that and he, he loved that. But his response was, where's the other nine? Didn't I heal ten? That means that when my praise is not received by Jesus, when my thanks is not received by the Father, he misses that thanks. Does he need it? No. Does he have to have it? No. But did Jesus miss the other nine lepers coming back and bowing at his feet? Had nothing to do with humbling themselves down. It was having everything to do with the heart of gratitude, realizing where their healing had come from. Realizing that it was Jesus, the divine Son of God, that had healed them in the first place. Sure, thank you, foreigner, for coming and worshiping me, but I healed ten of y'all. And the other nine just gone on about their business like nothing's ever happened. And it really has made me ponder and it's made me wonder how many opportunities, how many blessings in my life have I missed thanking the Lord for? How many times has Jesus stood back and said, well, I did that, but it's like he didn't even pay attention. He just went on to the priest to do whatever he had to do. He went on his way to go wherever he had to go. Don't interrupt that schedule to go give thanks to Jesus. I wonder how many opportunities, how many times in my life have I missed the moments of slowing down, bowing down on my face at the feet of Jesus and just thanking him for what he's done in my life. My thanks is a testimony to God. He missed the other nine lepers not showing up to give him thanks. That tells me that whenever he blesses my life and I don't thank him for it, he's going to miss that gratitude, that heart of gratitude in my life. He's no less God because I don't thank him, but I'm a whole lot less person because I don't thank him. Thanks is a testimony. Thanks is not only a testimony to God, but it's a testimony to yourself. Whenever this one leper had the heart of gratitude and he realized what had happened in his life, he had a moment in time that was totally different than the other nine. Because he got to personally where he was afar off, where he was at a distance, where he was seeing Jesus from way out. He should have had no relation whatsoever as the Samaritan, as the foreigner, as the person that society would have separated them. Jesus should have had nothing to do with this Samaritan man. But his heart of gratitude, recognizing the blessing in his life, wanting to simply say thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life, brought him to a place and give him a moment. Give him, a, give him a time with Jesus that nobody else got. They received the same blessing, the same healing, but this one had a different heart. And because of his heart of gratitude, he received his thanks was a testimony to himself, and he received a moment. 
Sunday night, we had a phenomenal worship service. The, the anointing was so full in this place. It was unreal with the group that came in. And there was most definitely a moment in time. There was a moment in history. Everybody that was in these altars will remember that night. We'll remember that moment. There are moments in life you could step back and you could find moments, whether it be in your personal life, the, the time you got married, the time you, you, you had your first child, the time you had your second or third or fourth child. I don't know what it was. You had a moment in life where we, we cherish moments, right? And because of his thanks, he now had a, a life. He had a moment with Jesus. His thanks was a testimony to himself. Don't you know that was uplifting? Don't you know that lifted his life to be able to, to come forward and, and, and bow at the feet of Jesus and Jesus literally have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with him rather than yelling off at him at a distance? The moments. But not only does a thanks, not only is it a testimony to God and a testimony to ourselves, but It's a testimony to other people. I don't believe whatsoever after that leper's cleansing that he was quiet and stayed in some little dungeon somewhere and kept it to himself. I have no doubt that just like all the other people, Jesus said, hey, don't go tell anybody about this. He went and told everybody. Because when God does something so miraculous in our life, we can't help but burst open and tell everybody about it. There's an awesome, it's actually a Casting Crown song right now. It says, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about somebody that changed my soul, that saved my soul. Matthew West wrote that song, and it's an awesome testimony of our life because I'm nobody. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. I love the way that the psalmist said it in Psalm 105. It says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, and make known his deeds among the people. You ever been around somebody that constantly lived in a mindset of praise? Everything that happened, it was, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We don't have many people like that anymore, which is really sad. But you ever been around somebody like that? Sometimes it's like, look, it could have just been somehow life just happened to fall in the right place that this took place, okay? We don't have to give thanks to Jesus for it. But realistically, God ordained it all. Our, our minds would want to say this just happened because of life, skill took place, whatever. We want to give credit to everybody else, but we forget who the author of all creation is. But if you've ever been around anybody like that, you walked away from them in a totally different way than you walked up to them. And if you've ever been around anybody like that, you remember that person. You probably don't remember the waitress that served you at your last restaurant, but you probably remember that person even though they may have been in your life 15 or 20 years ago. 
Because if you've ever been around anybody like that, there's something special. There's something amazing about their heart of gratitude, understanding that everything comes from the Father. Understanding what James said, that every good and perfect thing comes from above, from the Father of lights. They get it. They understand. And when they understand and they have a heart that's bursting with gratitude, they're thanking the Lord for things that may not have even had any sin. You'd have to really follow this trail all the way back to get to the place where God made the difference. But their heart of gratitude leaves an impression on each one of us. Right? And it's a testimony to us. When I read that psalm, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, and make known his deeds among the people. I wondered in my own life, how often do I stand around in a circle of people and give God the credit for what's taking place? How often people see my life and Maybe they look at it and wonder how we got to this place or how you got to where you are. How did you, man, how'd you marry up to the beautiful wife that you have? And how many opportunities have I missed for my thanks to be a testimony to somebody else because I'll either clam up because I don't want to talk or either I'll just, yeah, thank you, I appreciate it. Rather than taking an opportunity and saying, no, I need to tell you about this. God's been good to me. He's been faithful. I thank the Lord for everything he's ever given me, for the the love that he's given me in the family, for the life that he's given me, for salvation. Call upon the name of the Lord and make his deeds known among the people. God has done incredible things in our life. Right? Every one of us could go back and find a point where, where miraculous things have happened, but even just the fact that you had a vehicle to get in and you could put gas in it and you could get here this morning and you had legs up under you to walk in the door or you had somebody to love you and bring you in, whatever it is. But the position of our heart and the perception of the way we look at life determines how our thanks is a testimony to the people around us. Are we living with a heart of gratitude? I can be content. I'm learning to be content. But you can be content and keep your mouth shut. You can be content and stay in your little bubble. You can be content and be on your way so that gratitude never comes out of your mouth. But Jesus realized that those other nine never showed up. Right? Therefore, the one that did show up to give thanks, it had an impression on Jesus. It was a testimony to God. The one that showed up had a moment, a testimony to himself. And then our thanks is a testimony to everybody around us. I told you a simple thought today.
Your thanks is a testimony. We've commercialized this season of Thanksgiving in a crazy way, right? I mean, we've made it to a point now, it's all about Black Friday, which is all about getting the red numbers of the loss in retail back to a a positive stance and bringing them back to a place where things are actually good and they're positive numbers. So we've taken Thanksgiving Day and we're inkling our way back into it more and more and more so that now Black Friday starts at 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving Day. It's no longer Black Friday. Now it's, hey, let's have Thanksgiving so we can go have these sales and shop. It aggravates me. I love thanks. I love getting together with family more than anything in the world. Whether it's me and my my little four, or whether it stretches out to the thirty something that that's all together, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. I love being with the family. But we've taken this idea of Thanksgiving, this idea of breaking down, sitting down and breaking a meal together and enjoying time together. And we've made it something totally different. And our thanks is no longer a testimony as Christian people. We don't think about being thankful. I don't, I don't get on Facebook and I don't do the 30 days of thankfulness. If you do, good for you. I'm glad you're counting your blessings. I'm thankful for those people that do, but I have to wonder... In any other month other than November, do they really sit down and, and take a moment every day and think of something that they're thankful for? Or is it just because it's the season and it's the thing to do? Because our thanks is a testimony. In our own life, how many opportunities have we missed to give God the thanks? Because when we do, it affects us, him, and everybody around us. As a naturally introverted person, this idea is a challenge for me. Because I prefer, they say what, that men have 5,000 words a day and the women have anywhere from thirty to 60,000 or something like that. I'm cool speaking my 2,500 a day. Let me keep my thoughts in my head. Let them run wild and race around like a racetrack, rolling around over and over. But as a naturally introverted person, vocalizing my gratitude is not easy. Especially for the really, really meaningful things. A waitress brings me a glass of water at the table. It rolls off my tongue to thank her. Never think twice about it. But the things that are really, really, really important and the things that make life-changing differences for me are the things I fail to be appreciative for. Right? Maybe it's just me. Those deep moments, those things that are so, so important, the things that are so heavy, the things that cost somebody so much are the things that I'm the least apt to be thankful for. Not because realistically I don't have the heart of gratitude. It's that more times than not, I don't know how to vocalize my thanks. I don't know how to verbalize it. 
I don't know how to put what I feel inside into words. And so I just sit there and smile. And my mama used to say, you got to say you're, you got to say thank you. You got to act like you're excited. You got to act like you appreciate it. I said, Mama, I really do. I really am thankful. Well, you got to act like it. Because it's not natural. As, as that introverted person, I'd rather keep my brain rolling of, man, this is awesome. Thank you, Jesus, for letting this happen. How is this going to affect my life? And never let it roll out my mouth. But when I do that, I find myself being one of the nine who went on his way and never come back to Jesus. And not only did God realize I never came back, but I missed an opportunity. I missed a moment with the Lord because of my ungratefulness or even just me being willing not to open my mouth and say it. And how many people have missed an opportunity to see the love of Jesus because we won't make known his deeds? Amen? Father, I love you. God, I thank you. I thank you for your heart. I thank you for your goodness, your love for me, Lord. And I thank you for this moment, this opportunity. I thank you for your word today. God, your word that makes it real. Lord, our, our faults and our failures, our successes even, God, your word brings light to things that are in the dark. And as we've heard your word today, Father, I pray that we've been moved, our hearts have been turned in some way, Lord, that we know we need to live a lot of life of gratitude. Our life needs to be a life of thankfulness. God, and we're ready to commit to that today. Father, forgive us for being the nine who've gone on our way and done our own thing and never turned around to step back to realize, Father, that you've changed something in our life. You've healed us, God. You've brought us from a place, a dark place, God. You've brought us out of bondage. You've brought us out of addiction, Father. You've given us hope. You've given us life. You've given us family, Lord. Forgive us for, for being one of the nine and turning away and walking out and never coming back to have a moment with you to realize God, that it was you the whole time, Father. God, you want our worship. You want our praise. You want our thanks. God, you don't have to have it, but you want it. God, and we want to give that to you. God, we want people to be moved by our heart of gratitude. We want people to be moved by our thank yous, realizing that our thanks is a testimony. That the thank you that we give may be the sermon that we preach to somebody that don't know you, to somebody that's hurting, that's broken, that's lost, that's hopeless, that just don't see a way out. Just a simple thank you, allowing them to see the goodness of you in our life may be what turns them around. God, give us that heart of gratitude. I thank you, Lord.